0: Hello there! This is Kevin Barber, and I am the host of the Visual Impact Podcast. Today we have a very special guest on the show, David Siciliano. We've worked together multiple times over the years, and what's always impressed me about David is how he has a very meticulous, process-driven approach to video production, but also a very creative, curious approach as well. And somehow, he's able to blend these things. And this is something I'm still studying, hence why we got him on the show. Uh, As for his career, David has worked with Vayner Productions as a post-production producer. And... He's done big brand commercials with them, uh, World Series commercials, Super Bowl commercials. He's worked with brands like Budweiser and Mountain Dew and Gatorade and the list goes on. But he's also worked with a lot smaller outfits and independent film production, small business managing, uh, marketing managing teams. And so he brings a really wide range of experience of how do you work with a team, how do you build a team, to carry you through the entire video production process, regardless of what your resources are. So he brings that high level approach from working with big, big brands, but then applies that to smaller productions as well. So I think that no matter what your background, whether you're a freelance creative uh, or right on up to a video production company owner, uh, uh, marketing manager for a big business, Uh, small business, in-house team, you're going to be able to gather a lot from this. So in the conversation, we dive into how do you structure a team? Uh, What do you prioritize? Where do you find people? How do you streamline communications among the team members to make sure that you're really, uh, really getting the most you can with the limited resources you have? So I encourage you to stick around and enjoy this very thorough, exciting, wide-ranging conversation with David Siciliano. Welcome, David. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. So, today, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Yeah. Because you're one of the few people I know that strikes a very powerful balance of very creative and also have worked in so many different areas of of video production, whether that's fictional filmmaking, whether that's um, working in agency world or freelance, um you you bring a lot of a very organized precise mind to things but then also uh, a very perfectionist artistic approach even though those seem contradictory but there's a constant curiosity there and always trying to refine your process and so I thought it would be really exciting to have you on because then we could talk about your process at these different places that you've been in the past in different roles and and see what we can glean from that what might be helpful for for us for our audience
1: Cool. From there. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I don't know if I've ever been, as a freelancer, being called powerful
0: before. <laughs> I feel yes. the opposite. But <laughs> well, oh, <I appreciate> <laughs> you know what? That's sad. but yeah. it's, it's probably true. <laughs> the truth. It's probably true. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah. why don't we start off just, you know, brief, couple-minute overview of just what you're, how you even got into yeah, totally. the real world and you know how that yeah transitioned. In.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I did a lot of it growing up, to be honest, and then I dropped it. Um, I did the Lego Studios. I don't know if you ever know Lego about Studios? Lego Studios. Yeah, it was like a stop what? motion thing you could buy at, for like six, six, seven, eight year old. And okay. uh, you like use the Legos, you move their 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 body parts and then a camera like takes pictures so you can stop. put stop
0: motion together. Yeah. Oh my god, here I am with like my action figures and a, a camera with my hand. Like I mean, it's basically it.
1: that just with, <laughs> but with both Legos. a brand on it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, and like an official piece um, of work. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. So I started there and I got a camera and, you know, DV tapes and I happened to take a camp with my mom actually an editing camp uh, in the summer that
0: i learned avid on all these things um, i didn't know about you all <laughs> okay i'm like we I, I forgot to even say that we've worked together That's now not right. for two yeah. years on yeah, off, yeah. so it's like i did not know so yeah. you're learning avid with your mother in like middle school yeah i was like 14 okay. or something um cool. Yeah, really random,
1: great skill to know, I just did it for fun, I did a short film, whatever, but then like some kids came to school and they were better than me at it and I just kind of like dropped it. Who was it better at acting. like seventh grade? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I was in little okay. school, I was probably just really self-conscious, but okay. um, anyway, got into acting and left it and then got to New York as an actor and had an agent and kind of got burned out by it and hated it, And then, uh, but on the side people were asked, you know, I was producing some theater type stuff. And then someone asked, hey, would you ever produce a short film? So I said, well, like, sure. It's basically the same thing. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I just rolled my eyes. Um, (laughs) So I tried that, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I, like, have a lot of these skills. That could be fun. And I just kind of casually... uh, Look, I made a short film. I applied to a couple jobs and got one because of a friend. And then... And then, yeah, just it just took, went zero to 60, really. And everyone was like, oh, you have this skill? Great. We'll pay you this much money to do this for this many weeks. And I, from an acting life, was like, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> First of all, this is fun. I have these skills. That's great. Super marketable. I'm, I'm on the supply side of demand, which is really nice. Um, and then I had an honest conversation with myself that I hated acting. Didn't yeah. like that lifestyle. Don't like doing it. I don't even really like theater that much. I prefer film always preferred film these are all things i've been interested in forever why not why don't i give this a shot and then i just you know from there got job to job to job but <laughs> cool.
0: cool yeah yeah and we'll, we'll get into that in in detail but what what cracks me up is you know for anyone who doesn't know like i also started as an actor and right. did that for for 10 years but i'm like the opposite of your your prognosis of it for me it was the traditional actor thing of like i i want to be Playing some role that I'm never getting cast right. for. So I'm going to make my own film and sort of back into it that way. So the difference seems like I I was going, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this thing, and then realize I like the technical aspect of it. Mm. But from you, it's people actually asked you for your services, yeah, like, which re- is mean, a very different thing. I had
1: a really weird experience as an actor too. I, I was I was one of the few people who got picked up by a big agency. Right. They they actually the other agencies call them boomerang agencies. The big three or four who take a young actor and they throw them at everything. And if they win, they win. If they lose, they drop them in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't know that. So like I I, I went from being like oh my god this, this top three agency sign me. I got zipped from it. They treated me terribly. <laughs> I will not name them. Um, they lied to me. It was an mm-hmm. awful experience. My self esteem was in you know in the toilet and mm-hmm. then. And then, and then having people be like, oh, yeah, we'd love for you to edit this thing. Or, great, can you shoot this interview? Or, can you produce this thing? And being like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I can do that. Is that yeah. something you need? Oh.
0: So, did editing, was editing the first, or producing was the first thing? Mm. And then you transitioned? Like, how did you acquire all those skills as you went? Because we'll get into, like, your formal, where you worked yeah, sure, and things sure. like that. But did you, yeah, how did you acquire those yeah, skills? Yeah,
1: I, I th- producing, was, producing was first. I was producing theater things that I could help that would give me something to do while I was trying to be an actor and then I learned a bunch of producing skills and learned budgeting I learned uh, coordinating and line producing and all that kind of stuff for a theater festival a few plays whatever and then and then when I started getting it to film it connected me back to editing because I then was like oh wait I, I know how to edit I'll just edit this thing that I'm producing and then realizing then producing a bunch of other people and watching editors and remembering, like, I know these skills, so why don't I go try that see what I remember? Mm-hmm. Of course, everything's changed because we're not on DV tapes anymore. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so I had to kind of, right. I had to catch up, but, um, yeah, it connected me back to that, and then once I was editing, I, I wanted stuff to edit, so I-, I picked up a camera again, and was like, oh, right, I know this stuff. Let me see what, let me see what <laughs> I've missed. <laughs> yeah. So there was some catching up to do, but it was the producing that was the connector for me from that actor life that I had that I was not enjoying and not even into back to the things that I have always done since I was a kid and just never thought about doing as a job. I don't know why. Very
0: cool. cool. Okay, so so let's see. Some people take you for short films. We're in the fictional world where everyone sure. needs help and yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, help us for $5. And you're like, okay, you're like, actually, no, I made $5 million on that first one. <laughs> like, what? God, I uh, wish." <laughs> <laughs> so... You said you had a friend who transitioned you into you started applying for producing jobs yeah. specifically. Yeah. So where did you end up and and sort of what role did you fill? Totally,
1: in that? Yeah. I uh, I had a friend from when I was an actor who was a producer at Vayner Vayner Media. Um, she was at Vayner Productions, their production wing. Um, it's like the sister company. Uh, and I I was looking. No, I was making my first short film because as it was an adult because I had it's been those skills have been sitting on the shelves. For many years, I just produced a short film and thought, wait, I, I used to do this, let me try this again. So I was looking for a DP for my short film, and then uh, asked my friend Glow. I guess I can say her name, really? she used to work at Vayner, uh, Glo Gambino, um, hey, like, do you know any DPs? And she gave me some references, and, and she was like, by the way, it's cool to see you producing film. I was like, yeah, like, I'd love to get hired for it, that'd be great. Oh, did you need a job? Like, we have openings, we need a post-producer. And I said, well, great. I mean, I just edited this short film how and I'll come in an interview, and in the an interview they said like, "How I was editing the short film?" I said, "Yeah, great. We shot it in four K. I use the proxy workflow, whatever." And I said enough words, I think, that they were just like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure, great." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they hired me, and then I was a post producer for Vayner for about a year, um, a little less than that, um, and yeah, that's how I got
0: to Vayner. Um, cool just really random well, well yeah, but, that's, yeah that's great well let, let's pause there for a second sort of <clears> dig a little deeper because just what you mentioned i wasn't even thinking of this but you know okay you're going to be brought in and uh, interviewed and hired and things right. and so you know they ask okay what skills do you do you or like they're listening for those vocabulary keywords yeah. right so from you putting it over on them, um, what, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, um, but what would you, if someone, if a company were looking for someone like for uh, sure. just even a more of a generalist position, if not like a post producer, like right. what kinds of? things would you say like say editing for example like what would you how would you approach that as a company to make sure that you're not just getting the keywords <laughs> right yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. feeling impressed by like oh they know the jargon because anyone right, right. can do that right? right
1: um that's a good question I mean I would definitely say I would make sure you see samples because it doesn't really matter what jargon they know or what words they use the Vayner really should have asked to see some stuff I had produced um and they didn't really ask for that they just wanted to make sure and I understand. They took they took my friend's reference, which was a good reference. I mean, I wasn't lying about anything. Um, but I would say, like, always see samples to make sure that they actually can edit stuff, um, and then make sure that they're fun to work with first and foremost. But I don't know. I, I guess that's that's as far as I can think at yeah. the moment. I, I, the 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 jargon stuff isn't really as important. I think there's kind of a um, a weird there's like a misunderstanding that you want. You wanna hire people with the stuff or who like know how to talk about things. And I don't think either of those things are as important as someone who just makes good stuff, like makes the content good. Um so not the person that has that owns the R E for R E cinema camera that costs sixty thousand dollars or whatever and and you know, not necessarily the guy who can talk really fancy about film, but someone who actually like has made some nice stuff and is a nice person.
0: Yeah, you want to work with yeah. people who are who are great. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that worked against you. I'm, I, yeah, you know, in spite of everything. Yeah, they heard me. In in spite spite of, of
1: my personality for sure. Yeah. Okay, so.
0: Oh boy. So here we go. I should only interview people I don't know, so that right. we just keep inside anything to a minimum. So, so moving on. Then once you're at Vayner, like, what mm. does that, you know, po- post production? Right. So we have the video production process. You have you know, ideation and strategy, you have pre-production to actually put the plan in action, you have production to mm-hmm. actually capture it, and then you have post-production right at the bottom yeah. of it, which is what I'm working in now, well, which is, yeah, it's like what we do. It's And color correction is like one small part of or right. not small, it's like a third. A huge part It's of a big it. part yeah. of it. <laughs> why, am I, why am I downplaying that? Right. It's a big part of it, but what specifically does post-production supervisor or producer do, right. and then specifically in that, context at vayner like what were your responsibilities totally oh man post-production supervising post-production in
1: general is is the making of the film part um like the pre-production and the production and all that stuff is great but it all is just becomes raw material for post productions and that's i mean i love post-production so much because that is where everything actually happens where you put everything together um it's where it becomes whatever it is you're making it also becomes where you discover what you shot, <laughs> which might not be what you had envisioned, but maybe something better. You don't know. Anyway, so that's where all the magic happens. Um, at Vayner, my responsibilities were overseeing the, with two other post-producers, all the editors. We had uh, anywhere between five to 15 editors at any given time, depending on like how much work was needed. Um, so my job was to oversee uh, with the other two post post-producers how many projects they were editing who gets to edit what and then when we were editing a project i was kind of the creative producer for it so i would i would talk to the agency side of vayner and they'd say this is what we're trying to do here's like what our strategy is with this campaign um here's what we shot here's what we want it to look like that's all great but they're not film people totally cool so my job is to translate all that to the editor and then sit with the editor and he's like look this shot doesn't accomplish what they're doing. So I'd say okay, I think I understand what they're what they want to do with this with this piece. So why don't we change their idea a little bit this way and then I'll tell them why. And so that was my job was the kind of the, the trend. That's way, fun. Right? Yeah. It was okay. really it really it was really challenging but it was really fun because you talk to a client or or someone from the marketing side who who really wants like to accomplish this thing and they think a certain way is going to do it or they don't quite understand something and so I have to figure out between that side of the of the relationship to the technical
0: side of the relationship. How are we going to make this work into something really good? Mm, right. And then you're also dealing with, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with your non-name dropping, but like, oh, <laughs> when I was there, I worked on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> oh, well, you know, <laughs> well, that's fine. But when you have clients like that, that are yeah. f- syncing... Yeah, what tens of millions? Oh yeah, I'll tell I'll tell a story. Yeah, Um, go for it. So
1: I was working on a World Series commercial. Anyway, so we did that project. They made they did a bunch of test test videos. Like they had um, focus groups and they had uh, animatics, which are uh, basically an animated version of the commercial they want to shoot. They, they made it in on a computer so it has like stick figures or drawings right, right? Yeah. Um, and they had they had a a, a, a music a music track in there that one of the creative directors who's not a post-production person he's a marketing person okay he put a song he liked from a obscure band okay that he liked and oh, it's no. a great song so he put oh, it in no. the, he put it in the test case video that no. video did really well mm-hmm. that's the thing they're gonna make they spent all this money they shoot this thing they had to hire you know this like, team that specializes in cameras on robotic arms that they programmed and super slow-mo it's this crazy whole shoot they like rebuilt an alley outside in long island city and like put fake snow it was great whole thing we shoot it and they just they couldn't find any music that they liked and they kept saying you know we really like that song from, from, the anim, from the animatic the the, the, the test video yeah. so okay I will go look into that for you, right? Because they're the marketing side, and I'm I'm translating to the technical side. So I I look up the band. We get in touch with their their lawyer. They are asking for a ton of money. We had no money for for, for music. We were just going to use stock music, right? Built into the budget. Um, they wanted it was some it was in the six figures. I don't remember the exact number, but it was more than a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, and um, yeah. Um, Did so they I get it, it or out. no? I <laughs> freaked out. I was like, ah, uh, this is all very over budget. I don't know what to do. And so I went to the client. I didn't. I, I, I told the, um, the marketing side of Vayner, like, hey, this is what the answer is. It's a lot of money. Um, and, and they said, all right, well, we'll talk to the client. So I talked to the client face to face. Didn't even blink an eye. Just, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Waved her hand. Oh That's fine. God. Whatever it is. And it was in the video. And the commercial is really a lot better for it. I mean, it's a great, it was a great little piece for, especially for like something that could be so dumb. It was like a fun little piece with some great music that yep. you don't usually see for that brand, which is also something I was always trying to do is trying to push them to like be a little edgier or push brands to do something a little bit more creative than just what everyone's seen before. Right. Cause it's more fun that way for everyone. Um, yeah and they used this kind of like edgy song from this weird band that they found and it was great it's great great band great song great commercial no, no <laughs> but kidding. they just threw the money down like it was nothing didn't even blink an eye That's was crazy
0: yeah <laughs> that's that's solution oh my god <laughs> 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 That's like everyone who works in smaller boutique land is just like having a stroke right now. Like, oh, I was god, freaking out.
1: Yeah. I freaked out for several hours. Just yep. like I don't know how to solve this.
0: Oh my god. So <laughs> let yeah let. So when you get those those kinds of situations and you're communicating, how do you translate that then when you are speaking with the sort of strategy marketing people, the agency, we got this cool idea, and then yeah. the technical. Like you were saying with with an edit, okay, well, we don't have the shots that they... You know, that's like number one in editing, right? Like, what do we actually have? And is this actually telling our story? And when you don't have that, say, like how do you then go back and position that is like who's first is it the, the marketing people's the creative like, right yeah that- no
1: it's really fun that was actually the part of the job that i liked a lot it was also the part of the job that eventually made me not have that job anymore like i was like i, I think i'm going to try to move more towards the creative side mm. but it was a really fun challenge for a while um yeah i mean honestly what would usually happen is they'd say we really want this i'd say that's not in the footage we have We'll get. We'll try to figure it out, um, and we look Please at it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We look at it, and uh, most of the time, it was using the skills I learned as an actor, or as a director, or as a producer from any other creative background, and just trying to think outside the box. And usually, it was, in my experience, it was finding one, maybe, maybe two moments. Excuse me. One, maybe one, maybe two moments um, that did something close to what they were asking for. That made the client feel like we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's all it's needed like sometimes like you know it's oh this feels like it's going really quick right well you only have 30 seconds for this commercial right so like i can't slow it anything down but we can add one moment of stillness like halfway through and then that for some reason will make the whole thing feel like oh it's a lot slower now but we only changed one thing so a lot of the time my job was that what's the one or two things that we could do that will that will fix it fix or, or accomplish whatever the client wants to accomplish Without it, without needing like new footage, a whole new idea, recutting everything. Yeah. Um, and generally, it was just one or two things that we could change, like something at the top or something in the first ten seconds that like lasted, you know, that carried mm-hmm. the, through the rest of the piece, and that was fun. That was that's really fun. cool.
0: And, yeah. And that is that is the big challenge, right? Like I'm trying to do this all the time. Whenever we're working with color footage, yeah. Where it's like, what is the vocabulary that's been built up around that? Yeah. And it's like um brighter darker more yes. contrasty less contrasty <laughs> more saturated less saturated and anything beyond that you're just like yeah you know it's just not in people's vocabulary and right. even if that and so how you communicate or or how you interpret that yeah because they may you know a client may not want something that's more saturated they may just like the more orange hues right. and you know in a different luminance value right. or whatever it may be but being able to trans translate that put
1: that shared language together
0: yeah yeah yeah, and that's that's the challenge, right? It's the challenge and like how do you how do you set up a? Process that was another for that? side of
1: the job I really enjoyed um, was trying to optimize the optimize the process. Like we we would. Um, yeah, tell a, me more about as, that. As a, that's something I know we. Yeah. We kick out on all the time as a, I mean you know in advertising and, and for and, and marketing uh, there's never enough time to finish the things and you know there's always short timelines and that's always fine so it's always trying to find like where how can we be working better how can we be working more efficiently um, and as post surveyyner we you know we have an editing team but then we have to kick it over to color at a certain point we got to send it out to get sound design from a studio and get mixed is it going to do we need surround sound like there's lots of lots of different elements of it and using a ton of different vendors and I loved like Um, We had one sound studio we used all the time in Midtown that I loved. I loved the guy there, Dave. And uh, I would ask him, you know, like, next time, what do you need for me to make this go better so that you can do better work? And he said, you know, like, we did half the day sound design, half the day sound mixing. Like, it'd be great to have a full day to design and a full day to mix. I think it'll make the work better. So then next time I make sure from the get-go we have one full day for design and one full day for mixing. And, like, that is adding time but we can mix while we color. I try to make the timeline work so that we can give him that extra few hours because that specific sound designer wanted it and thinks it'll make the work better. That was all, I mean, that, that's fun. Yeah. Um, same with the shared language. Um, trying to gently use words, the same words, and describe things the same way with clients over and over again on multiple projects. And I found that like if there's ever a reason to find a freelancer and really maintain that relationship, even if the first project isn't as good as you wanted it to, I just think that's like the way to go. Like you use someone, they seem like great, their work is great, portfolio is great, you work with them, eh, it was a little tricky, you're not quite sure you got what you wanted, the project's over though, you gotta move on. I don't think you bail on it. I think you try one more time at least, and you go, okay, this time. Last time I had this problem, be, be direct, like give the feedback. This is like, you know, this was an issue last time or we didn't quite get this the first time around. I just want you to be aware of that or let's do one more project and figure it out. Cause, cause it's hard, like you're talking about something that isn't made yet. So, like you're making it together. That's gonna to take like a shared language. It's gonna take a relationship. It's gonna take getting to know how each other work and how your other vendors work together. Um, yeah. So that was fun.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good transition point. Then sure. as far you mentioned the keyword freelancer. I'm looking at yeah. my notes going like, yes, 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 yes. Let's move on to there. No, because it's a very different uh, approach that a lot of mm. clients mm-hmm. companies. Creative companies, like whatever it is, you're always mm. looking at. Okay, well, I need to build out this team. And we just talked about like the very large mm. agency world of, oh yeah, a hundred thousand dollars for a song, yeah, cool, yeah. whatever. Right down to, okay, well, we're a really small team. Maybe we have like one in-house right. person who shoots and edits everything. Yeah. Um, and then you need to add a freelancer to help out with a specific yeah. project for whatever reason, or maybe you're looking for an ongoing freelance relationship. Mm. Uh, so that you don't have to, you know, pay salary and benefits, and right. and, and deal with right. just a more complex team. So when you, we could go at this a couple different ways because you're freelancing as well as working in other companies, and like, you know, but it's part of your, Even freelance, yeah, right? Freelance, right? right? It's always part of <clears throat> a creative's <clears throat> you know, portfolio in, in a way, or, or um, that's the right word for it, yeah. lifestyle. So looking at if you were to be hired. Let's say, um, let's look at a couple different scenarios. Mm. Okay, so like we just, can we say that we just worked on that MasterCard thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. okay, so we just worked on MasterCard, things <laughs> again. And the structure of that was very different in a way. Yes. Like you're coming on as a freelancer, you know, at a different place than yeah. just being directly hired, because the larger the company, the more in between people they need to communicate for the larger yeah. teams and the larger teams. So we could look at a couple different scenarios. One is, you know, if you're, a production company mm-hmm. who's looking to deliver for a high-end client who's much bigger, and you need to fill out your your ranks. So, looking at how you know how to look for a freelancer, what to look for, what yeah, have you, totally, and, I, totally. and and how to build a strong relationship like that, like mm. you were just, you mentioned, because the relationships over time will save you time and saves everyone time and it it makes for happier and then the other situation we could look at is okay you're a company and maybe you have a small content team and you're looking for to fill that out in some way so specific question wise um, if you're looking to join a company and say they how would how would they find you Sure. So just to start there, yeah, because I mean, there are a lot have, of roads to, the, yeah, <laughs> to that path. I have a website. <laughs> oh, a website?
1: God, forbid. <laughs> me. Um, okay. It's myname.com, so com. I mean, that's the number one way. I don't I don't know how much work I actually get through the website. I do know it gets traffic monthly, but um, most of the time it's word of mouth, which I like a lot because it, I trust those clients a little bit more than a random inquiry. Um, but um, I'll always take, like, I'll always answer um, any inquiry. That's right. how someone would find me, yeah.
0: So say people... Don't have a connection though, like they don't have word of mouth, hmm. uh, and they wanted to find someone to help fill out their team. Where would they typically go from a for a freelance perspective? Like, are you, you know, any membership group? So or, or yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, any on, of that stuff. Like, I where used they to be tapping? on a,
1: a program called Uplift. Uh, I was on um, I was on was it task.com There there, I have I have some more regular work now, so I've have, I've have downgraded all those subscriptions. But there's there's a lot of different avenues where you can find people. Um, again I say like always make sure that their portfolio is good that they do good stuff and then make sure you have a conversation and that they seem like a cool person um but yeah they could find me you know I was I was on a bunch of different platforms like that um Facebook groups are huge I got a ton of work through Facebook groups actually there are several regular clients even a couple friends that I've met through Facebook groups um people posting jobs there and um and me replying and getting hired and then becoming great friends with them or working with them consistently. Um, I mean, those are all really good places to start. I I I, uh, I liked being friends with people who would get those inquiries and they would recommend me. And now I've become a little bit, now that I've been in the industry for a while, now I do that a lot. And I like that. I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a nice way to, to go. I would say like if I had advice to a company who's looking to build up their team or didn't have a team, I guess both scenarios. I would say like, instead of trying to find specific people for specific roles, I would talk to someone who's more of a hub who can connect you to people. Like, I mean that's I think I think the post producing experience at Vayner was like, is now in my DNA. Like I think of it that way, and that and because some companies don't have people like post producers, someone who's kind of the, the the gateway to the post world. I think that's like the way to go even if you don't have a post producer talk to someone who can connect you to the people you need for your project and you can tell them like we're working on this thing we kind of have this need going forward like what do you think and they might give you recommendations like oh like maybe yeah maybe find one or two editors and an assistant editor and a colorist that like you can work with continually like let me give you some names and you can interview some people um as opposed to putting a post out for we need an editor we need a colorist we need assist an assistant editor. I say, like, find a hub, mm-hmm. whether it's an online service, or a person, whatever. A, find a hub who can give you who can help you navigate that complexity for you, as opposed to trying to navigate the complexity on your own.
0: Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because you may know. Okay, I need this to look better. Yeah. So I'm going to look for a color. or so I need this project to editor. be edited better. don't even better. need an Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, or or if you do, like, how do we even? you as a maybe this falls under the jurisdiction of the mm. marketing team or you know it could be internal mm. communications or or any of them like you don't have necessarily the technical knowledge to even know right. what to look for necessarily so i love that hub yeah. idea of like yeah find, find, find the connected the person yeah. <laughs> yeah now where people would look to find that you mentioned groups um just asking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. Uh, for recommendations right. On social network, or would that would you say yeah, that's I mean, about the best? I, I get a ton of work
1: from Facebook, Instagram. I mean, um, up uh, what is it, Upwork? Um, mm-hmm. All those types of of platforms definitely I think are are great places to start. I found people who have great resumes, have worked on awesome things. I mean, I've
0: you can find people you can find like legit working people on those platforms, yeah. which is cool. Okay, so now let's switch that and say you as a freelancer you're you're vetting companies as well right Right, just like a company would not necessarily take on the work of every company same thing with a freelancer Uh, once you're past the desperate pace right (laughs) 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 once you like move to a place where you're if we ever do right um so what would what are some red flags from companies that Mm. you would see or from producers from a production company or anyone looking to hire you what are you looking for for like yes these people can be type a or like solid or hmm okay maybe I'll I'll pass yeah on uh,
1: I'd say the number one thing I look for is being articulate uh, I look f- I look for people who, and clients who are articulate about what they're what they want um, there's only so much I can do even in being articulate about what they want includes I don't know what I want right right yeah so I look for people who can either say that or tell me specifically what they're looking for and if they can't yet I'm happy to help them workshop that, but I need them to ask me, can you help me workshop this? Um, so so, I, I need, so yeah, that's that's basically what I look for in a nutshell. Like, I'm looking for, hey, David, like I would like to make this thing. Here's the amount of time we have. Um, time is always a factor. Here's the rate, or what rates can you work for? I mean, arti- articulate about the structure and the goal. Um, if they don't art- articulate about the structure and the goal, totally fine, I ask questions and then if they answer the questions and it gets further that's a good thing. If yes. if it starts to be like I don't know, like maybe this, maybe that, blah blah blah, then I start then then I then I start to go into producer mode mm. and I go like, "Okay, cool. What are your goals? Like what's the campaign? Like what what are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to accomplish it?" And when I start getting there, I start to feel like, "Okay, now they're hiring this, me as a producer." Yeah, this is a that's thing. maybe your job. If you want to hire you're looking for an editor, I start to get confused with what the what the request is. And yeah. then I go like, "I'm I'm not sure I want to be confused." Right, <laughs> and and there are a lot, and there are a lot of
0: freelancers. I'd say the majority mm. of them, especially in creative positions, where they're they're doing that as their position because they don't have that producer yeah. mind or right. they don't want to deal with it. Right. right. So quite often, I feel like people will bring on a freelancer as the solution to their problems. Right. But if they you don't have the clarity to direct right. that and and know what slot that freelancer yeah. fits in, it's it's done. So, but, but yeah. the freelancer will most likely want your work. And yeah. so they will say, you got it, Which buddy, is, yes. no problem. So just... Which is, it takes me
1: back to the hub thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have been hired to be an editor on a project and I do what they want, but then I, they don't like it because they didn't actually need me as an editor to make the thing they wanted. They needed a producer to help them figure out what they wanted and then make something else. And mm-hmm. if they had hired me as a producer instead, that might have been better. So now I just always come, come to any, any new client as producer brain. What do you need? And if it's not me as an editor or as a cinematographer, I say, you know, I'm not looking for producing work right now. But it sounds like you need this kind of thing, and I, I'll pass them on, or 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 I'll take the job if it if it seems like a good fit. Um, but that's the problem: is a lot of freelancers don't think as a producer because they haven't been producers. They're editors or just cinematographers. Totally fine. Um, but then they might get like the client might hire them and they might not like the work. But the editor did the best he did the best work he could. He thought, and it's a weird confusing thing there's no postmortem, no feedback and then they both go separate ways and both people feel feel, really sour (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so it takes you back to the hub you find a hub person or a hub place that can help you navigate that complexity for you and generally that looks like a producer if you don't have a team if you do have a producer then great then you know then like they make sure when you're looking for a freelancer you have a really clear idea of what your vision is and what you want to accomplish and then you'll hire good people because you'll have like i need to i need to do the x y and z so the person i'm hiring needs to be able to do x y and z right
0: yeah it's Um, clarity up front like like anything else and what are those expectations and now now we're as the conversation goes on we have agency we have freelance yeah and now comes the big question of how do you so say we are obviously if you're a production company uh, you know if you i've talked about this a bit because i've that i was confused about this forever and i'm still yeah. trying to figure out and i think a lot of companies are <laughs> confused like we were talking oh, about sure. before we even started recording mm. um you know what what is a production company what is a creative agency yes. what's a boutique agency what is like a mm. media agency and where all those things fit together and so there can be a lot of confusion of hey i need a video or i yeah. need an ongoing marketing cam- video campaign who the heck do i turn to <laughs> yeah. do do I hire a freelancer do I go to a larger agency yeah uh, do I go to just a production company right you know so say we should come up with a hypothetical situation here so say that I'm a you know small to medium-sized business I have you know a designated marketing team maybe no no one fully on production just like okay, marketing cool. and I need uh, you know Christmas is coming up we need to uh, have we want to have a video campaign highlighting our i don't know S- swiss cheese making kit can- i do whatever <laughs> it is but I'm like we want to show that swiss cheese being made in the most beautiful way as it sits in the basement for five years Love. or however you make swiss cheese so how would i determine which person to go to right like, what totally are the main right. factors yeah, yeah so i would say number one to your job
1: is producer Right. Number two after that is a creative director or a creative of some kind. Yeah. Mm, so you go person. producer first. Always producer first. Okay. It, you it, need it... a structure. You just need a structure. <laughs> this is so very much you. I'm like just
0: quick side side tip. The first time we worked together, I was DPing a project. He was David was producing, and I just told him this like a couple yeah. weeks ago, but. It was a low, I mean, it was low budget, (laughs) because it was right when we were a bit earlier on, and it was like, okay, here comes the shoot, I'm getting ready, and it's like, from the moment I signed on, I was getting these spreadsheet templates, and like, I mean, two, like, things, schedules timed out to the minute, minute, and I was like, okay, this is is great, and I still use a lot of that, but then Mm. I was like, this is someone who I, my mind aligns <laughs> because it's like again yeah. creatives you don't have that a lot of time yeah. so what you're saying is find a producer who s- structure cr- yeah so get the structure Yeah, <laughs> get absolutely. the expectations because if you
1: have a structure then you can play in it all day long right mm. and you know how much you can play you know how little you know what you can, where you can put where like structures everything yeah. so I say get a structure so if you're if you're you have know, a marketing team that's great um even if there's creatives in your marketing team, whatever, just I think the very first step is you get a producer we, who can lay out a structure for you. Would that
0: be a freelance producer or would you look for a company that has a producer in it that to then right. manage? Um, yeah, I mean I think it depends
1: on the scale. Of course. Um, I think like if you if you were looking to make a lot of projects and, and you had the money for it, I think, yeah, like get a look for a company or a person that has a network. Um, who's pitch, who's framing themselves as like kind of in that way of a company, but mm-hmm. it doesn't if you know if like if you can't afford like a big production company, then find that person or a small one. Would we um, call this
0: the boutique? The boutique right, the boutique ages. scales as yeah, they go per project. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and or just find a freelance producer. Um, And maybe bring them on staff if you think you're going to make a lot of it or or not. I think it depends on on the scale, again. But I think
0: first and foremost, just get in touch with a producer. Um, Which is counterintuitive. Yes. Just think about that. Everyone always goes for, I need a cameraman. Because I'm making a video, I need a camera. Right. And then they get this footage and they they don't know what to do with it. They don't, like the story wasn't crafted beforehand. And yeah, okay, so producer structure, then the producer does... Well, then then you get a
1: creative person. And the creative person, as much as the producer provides structure, you need the creative to be the ideas person. So you just need both. Like you need mm-hmm. one person who's going to help give you a structure and uh, gently guide the process along. Um, and the other, and uh, the, uh, the bumper rails on a bowling lane, if you will. Yeah. And then you need uh, an ideas person. Um, I think that's the two places to start. Um, sometimes the ideas person might be someone in the company, in the marketing side, which is excellent. Then I would say make sure your director, who's the third person I would get, um, really understands film. Then so like if uh, and I say this only because a lot of companies I've seen or worked with have their ideas person be in the marketing side of the company that's making the video, and that's great, but they don't know film. So you want to make sure that you have someone at the top of the video production part that understands how film works, right? right. Um, who can translate it. Um, but like maybe you can't afford all those people. I still say get a producer first.
0: You, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I have to ask that question yeah. then. If you can have two people. Mm-hmm. See, I'm giving you that producer because normally I want to ask if you have one person. Yeah. Because if you just have a producer, you don't have a video. So mm. Yeah. I'll go how about we do this? Two people and then one person. Okay, sure. Mm. Okay. Um <laughs> then I say, and then you get a, a general load of garbage. But I, I ask you yeah, nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. say
1: producer for sure, um, and then I say a DP, because uh, a DP typically, if you're, if we're talking the marketing, oh, director of yeah. photography. Sorry, people, a director of photography. Yeah. Um, on yeah. A DP. If this, if we're in the the video land, video marketing world, um, a DP like video marketing is images, and a DP is able is a visual storyteller with a camera, right? So okay. like. You bypass the director altogether, make sure you have ADP, because ADP will be able to do that. Um, so I say producer and ADP. Producer gives the structure, make sure the process goes well
0: um so they're they're, they're of, functioning in the story realm too and the strategy and all that
1: right they're 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 creating the uh the room that everyone gets to play in that's that's why i've always described a producer the producer creates the room for everyone to play in and then the people in the room play so, the, so you need I'm the producer a bunch to create of the room. Really <laughs> <room> functions <laughs> creatives not just like,
0: yeah. exactly. and, like running around. and
1: you need the producer there to be like great we only have a couple more hours to do this yes. you know what i mean right, right. um or or just to know like you know like, do we have license to shoot here? Like, if you just hire a DP, the DP is not going to necessarily ask, hey, do we have license to shoot here? Mm-hmm. And then you could get screwed. You could make this whole video and spend a bunch of money on it and uh, not be able to air it because someone's like, hey, you can't use my place in your video. You didn't ask my permission or whatever. Right. So I just think producer, always. Yeah. And then a DP. If I was going to pick one person, that is a really tough one. I mean, there are people out there, me being one of them, you being one of them, who are one-man bands, who understand producing, who understand directing, who understand cinematography editing. I would say get one of those, but I would just make sure you right, so like your really skills interviewing, to emphasize cause you're really asking about like what's your experience producing content mm-hmm. like you know the legal side of it. And, and then the, like, managing side of it and then the creative side of it. Because, like, you just, especially in marketing and advertising, I just really think that there needs to be a good, solid, safe structure for it to be really successful. That's yeah. it. I, yeah. I don't know, I'm not really passionate about that point. <laughs> no, and that's, that's great because it's, it's counterintuitive to a mm. lot of
0: things that I encounter. Mm-hmm. And so many people, and a lot of the digital agency marketing world or app sure. uh, at media buyers and people who are managing the ads who also will include creative in their services or something I see a lot of now is, okay, well, the one person's going to be the editor and we're going to have them use stock footage and put some cool templates on it and some Mm -hmm. text and animate photos. And, you know, that's going to be how we use video because we don't have time or money to shoot it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that kind of setup mm. just because obviously we have the creative snootiness of just like totally. Stock footage my foot, but like do you see that fitting in anywhere and and What are the pros and cons? Yeah, there? totally we did I did something like that for uh, Mountain mountain They
1: did a they did a campaign. They did three videos They were testing out a new a new voice to try to target um, the southern audience a specific way So they did huge shoots and then they wanted to do a third video and like you can they were like We don't really have any footage for this third video Can you stock footage? Here's the idea. And like, the idea was really fun. It was a bunch of random, random clips that was like, here's doing the do. Here's not doing the do. And it was really funny and really fun. And the editor had a field day. I loved telling, I was like, Hey editor, here's the project. You can do whatever you want. And like, they just loved it. That was great. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but there's also limits like that worked for that idea, but that's not going to work for everything. Stock footage is expensive. Um, Really expensive. Stock footage is more expensive than shooting something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, depending on how much you use, for sure. Um,
1: So I just think, like, you know, stock footage is good for, like, if you want to get consistent quality, it's expensive. But, like, if you didn't need to do that, you can get – there's some free options. It's just – it's kind of a mixed bag. It's just you're not sure you're going to get what you want. I just think it's worth it to spend – pay a day rate for a DP – And then you don't have to license the footage for a certain amount of time. You don't have to deal with Mm -hmm. the legal side of it. You don't have to do the hunting and searching, like just craft something. Um, And, and you never know, especially in video, you can, there's video making is magic, right? Like if you think you can't get like a shot of someone on the moon, like you don't know that, like maybe you can, you don't, I mean, you can do a lot with a blue, a blue sheet and and an editor who knows how to use a blue screen. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh Yeah.
0: We, uh, we were talking just because I was on a shoot I took time off of the, the business run and went two days making a fictional film with some friends and, and we were doing the, we were shooting a, an office like a detective's office yeah. and when we first did the location scout we saw that it was it was the director's apartment right. and it was a small studio like in yeah. Harlem and I'm like guys you, you, you can't you just can't do this yeah. like <laughs> we cannot do this relative to every other location we have but I'm telling you, we put up a black yeah. screen in the background. We used lenses that sort of blurred things out. We created some smoke. We got some cool lights right. and practicals and things. And it's like, my God, that was a detective's yeah. office. And it's like, but you're right, you can you have that creative ability to to turn something into nothing. Even if you don't have a lot of resources, maybe take a corner of an office or like a street corner, right. wh- whatever you, you may do, uh, and you can turn it into something. And this is something also that I, I find with stock footage. Because I've I've been asked to color and work on a lot of projects where it's like okay we have the interview like the B roll like talking head kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then a bunch of stock footage mm-hmm. and what people don't realize with stock footage is like it may look good on its own and some don't some it's amazing how much stock footage like isn't color you know, isn't yeah. white balanced or anything but then when you put them all together you're gonna have completely different yeah. feel so you still need someone to yeah. match that stuff otherwise it looks like hey I took all these different clips from different times of right. day and different everything and it just looks like a mess yeah so it's I mean like, you it's basically, a,
1: it's a risky path as an editor I, when I work with stock footage I have to find a library that looks all the same mm. which can be really expensive because people know you're looking for that um, and, mm. and, and, then, and then I've had clients who'd be like oh but can we get a shot of like this thing and I'm like oh my god this looks so different and like yeah. It's the kind of thing that like you might not care. You might be like, "Oh, it's fine. It's close enough." But like it, the average person, while they might not point out, like, "Hey, this stock footage looks different," they're just gonna be like, "Eh, this feels a little. I don't know. It just doesn't feel. Eh." You know what I mean? They yeah. they'll
0: know. Yeah, they just won't be able to put words to it. Um, and yeah, the, the subconscious. Eh, yeah. I, I like eh. that. That's uh, because sometimes, and yes, forgive me. I'm going to talk about do it business for one second. <laughs> but that's something that with color, people. It's mm. very hard to quantify color. Where it's like, oh yeah, well, clearly it gives us these returns and whatever. Right. But it's that subconscious, eh? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. it's. Wow! I'm watching this, and all of a sudden, it, something doesn't feel right, or like that doesn't match, or like it just doesn't seem cohesive. And then you add that to a company or a brand, or right. or especially fictional projects. I mean, my God, you right. know, it's everything. Yeah. But creating that visual cohesion so that you don't trigger people's eh because the moment yeah. they feel eh they're going to feel about eh about whatever you're talking well, about you know and yeah, I, 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 I think the consumer
1: the is getting really smart and I think consumers yeah. I mean we're used to media now we consume tons of content there's more TV shows made than ever before I mean and we're not even at a saturation point We, I mean we watch videos all day long we see advertisements all day long I mean consumers know what things are supposed to look like and so if it doesn't they know Yep. that's it I mean so I, know, I think it's worth it, especially when it comes to color. I mean, you can shoot. You can tell me if, you, if this is oh, not something you no, want right. to advertise but no, You right. can shoot something on an iPhone, and a yeah. colorist can yeah. track out the person, make the background blurry so that it looks like it was shot on a camera. I mean, you oh, can yeah. technically do these things. No. You can shoot on 4K. You could have a really nice big file. You could pop certain colors and give it some depth of field, meaning making the background blurry. You could do that on iPhone. Focus. It's a lot yeah. of work. For as a colors, maybe not,
0: but I'm right. the colors. But no, it, it it is. But that's that's what's interesting is I I realize when people think of color, they think of like the color grade. Yeah. You think of all these fancy cinematic things, but I'd say ninety percent of our work is yeah. fixing things. Yeah. And like, if it's an iPhone, yeah, you can make that look really cinematic, and right. then you can match that to a cinema camera. And will it be identical? There might be some qualities that like maybe like it right. will get ninety five percent of the way there, and quite often when you're putting together videos, it's like you have so footage from fifty different sources depending yeah. on what it is. Or what I find is the most common is the lighting conditions or where they're shooting, right. especially with more documentary style brand film. Right. Um, a lot of those kinds of pieces, you you know, you have the lights coming from the windows. You have some right. awful fluorescent lights above you. You have like a lamp. Yeah. Then it's too dark on top of all that. Yeah. So then, when you try to push that footage, everything's just like this orange wash or whatever yeah. it may be. And that's where, you know, color comes in. It's it's more in a lot of ways about fixing, right? Lack, you know, when they don't have a DP, like you're talking right. about, when right. they don't have all these great things, you know, right. fixing that and making it look cohesive for sure. Um, so now we are ending the near, of, ending the near of our time yeah. here, yeah, oh, uh, which stinks. <laughs> and as we're going to have a round two at some okay. point. I don't know when. I don't know where. It works for me. We'll have it. Will, will um, and so, in the meantime, you know, you have your toes dipped in mm. the businessy waters and in the creative waters. Like, do you have? You know any creative projects you're working on or coming up or what were yes, you really. excited about from yeah the soul stirring part totally. instead of just all the the, uh, the business schlock, yeah. which may be relevant for our listeners hey, but it's no totally i mean it's i, the, I it's my, jobs,
1: my job's great the job i do to make money is great i like advertising i like video social video all that stuff is fun but the creative things that feed my soul are the most fun um i'm working on we're right now in post of a short film called flunky ball um we shot at the summer uh the director-writer works over at Vayner where I used to work, and I work at Fullscreen now um, Fullscreen Media, and we made it together yeah, I'm looking forward to that we're almost done with the first pass which should hopefully be done soon and we're going to send it off to festivals And it, had a, it has really nice production value so I'm really
0: excited to see how it turns oh, out oh does it? How did they get that, David? <laughs> Relationships. Yeah. Relationships. He he shot it. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was fun.
1: I that was a uh, that was probably the biggest crew I've shot. Um, uh, and then and then it's been fun as an editor to be like, oh man, this is so much more fun when you have more things Could to play with and it sword. looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, and then I'm 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 editing a really fun project called Class, uh, shot by one of my very favorite DPs that I edit for sometimes. um uh, it's great. Um, it's by a new film company. These two guys out in LA, I think? Question mark. Um, called Goose Mango Films. I'm w- I'm editing it with them. Sounds um, like a very LA name. Yeah. I, I <laughs> unleashed my New York judgment upon <laughs> Goose Mango. <Yeah. laughs> right. Um, okay. No offense. Goose they're Mango, no. <laughs> they're, they're they're fun. They're they're two guys. They're great. It's a really funny film. It's dark comedy, which I like a lot. Um, we're almost done with that. It looks really good. I'm editing it with them. Um, I'm like they're 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 not editors. They're it's hard to describe a relationship, but they're, they're basically coming up with the structure and, and, then I'm being the editor on it. So I'm like making it clean or making the cuts clean or, or, or continuous or, uh, helping them think differently outside the box. It's been a really fun experience. Cool. Actually. I'm really excited to see what we, the three of us come up with. Um, so yeah, those are the two projects I'm really into. They both have great production value. Um, some good acting in it, good stories that I'm excited about. It's been a while since I've had one, let alone two of those. like, like really good like this 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 is a good little thing <laughs> so i'm excited to see where like oh we're working
0: on this right now yeah cool mm. cool so if there's is there anything on this topic in the wide world whether that's advice to anyone we talked about yeah or uh or change that you want to see in any mm. of these realms is there anything like that that comes to mind now as we get ready to sign off here
1: yeah i think uh I think what I would, yeah, I, um, I think with the democratization of video, oh, yes. which is a great thing, I think the, uh, temptation is like, oh, we can do this more in-house or like we can do this ourselves or like this, this is becoming easier and easier. So we'll just do it. Um, I had a friend working with a new startup and they, they felt that way and he actually shut down the pro- the, the video they were making for their product because it was a tech product and he said, it can't look this bad. Like, I know you guys think you can do it, but, like, we need a professional crew. And I just think that's true. Like, as... as, Yes, as accessible as video making is, it's always worth it to hire at least one person who knows really knows what they're doing. Um, And then to build on that, repeat relationships are always going to improve your content. Every time. Even if the first video is just awful, make another one with that person. I just think, like, that's the way to go. Because maybe they learned completely what you wanted by how much they didn't get it the first time and that's no one's fault maybe it was just whatever and the second time they nail it i don't know but the the building on the relationship is always going to make your content better um they'll be more excited to work for you they'll put probably put more attention to it because they they know you're going to help feed them i mean Mm -hmm. just think keep working keep 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 your relationships growing yeah that is. A for new ones. Yeah, that is a fantastic place to leave it Wow, I put you on the spot there, and you're just like, well, actually, my friend, I've been
0: <laughs> thinking about this mid- midnight every night. Right. Uh, well, well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Absolutely. And if people want to find you, do you want to put any sure, socials yeah. on there? Sure,
1: davidsiciliano.com or at Siciliano D. My last name is S-I-C-I-L-I-A-N-O, like the pizza. So. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> yes, and I can say barber like the haircutter. You're right. you know, We all need that like, embarrassing right. thing. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, David. Yeah, absolutely. Great Until time. round two. Sure. Thanks for tuning in and listening to today's episode of the Visual Impact Podcast. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe. We're on all the major podcast platforms and also encourage you to touch base on social. Subscribe to us there. Our handle is Vibrary, V-Y-B-R-A-R-Y, on all the major platforms. Until next time, look forward to it. Bye-bye.